Well, good evening. Well, let's try one more time. Good evening. It is good to see you tonight at Harvest. We are looking forward to worshiping the Lord together, having some time of prayer one with another, and just truly seeking His face tonight. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I want to meet with the Lord tonight. I want to meet with the Lord tonight. And so we're going to start tonight's service with a beautiful chorus. And, and, and I think it's good for us to remember, these aren't just words. This ought to be the prayer of our heart. And if we want to meet with the Lord tonight, church, hey, from the outset, let's just invite him in. Amen. Stand with me if you would. We'll sing hymn number 655. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Let's sing it out tonight. is a beautiful song, is it not? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Here's the thing, though, that I think sometimes we fail to stop and think about. Now, if we're a Christian, we talked about it Sunday night, who lives within us? The Holy Spirit of God lives within us. He does. He has taken up residence in our lives. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. The question is, Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to feel at home? Uh, Is is he just, is is he there? Is is, is he the guest that's got to sit in the the corner and not, or, or, or is he God and have free reign of our hearts and lives? Are our hearts and lives open to him tonight to do whatever he wants to do? See, here's the thing. If we want the Holy Spirit to feel at home, we've got to be prepared to respond as he moves. If we want the Lord to feel at home, we, we can't have that door that, that's locked in the upper corner of the house. That or we, just, we just don't go in there. That belongs to me. No, no, no. If we truly want the Holy Spirit of God to feel at home in our hearts and lives, we've got to be open to him completely. I'm going to ask, we sing it one more time, and when we do it, let's, let us, let, let's consider that tonight, that, that, that Lord, we're here, and God, whatever you want to do in my heart and life tonight, do it. I'm ready to receive it. Let's sing it out. Lord, Thank you. 
how we love you and how we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is, Lord, to come out together as your people, Lord, to, to turn our hearts to you, Lord, to seek your face, Lord, to hear from you, Lord, to be more conformed to the image of your Son, Lord, to come alongside our brothers and sisters and love one another and pray for one another. Oh, Lord, tonight, I pray that you truly would find sanctuary, find home in this place, in my heart, and in my life. Lord, I'm ready tonight for whatever you have for me. Speak to me, I pray. Speak to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Charles. Let's sing together 541. 541, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 He heals the brokenhearted. He heals the brokenhearted. They cry no more. He heals the brokenhearted, and they cry no more. He heals the brokenhearted, and they cry no more. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He gives me living water, and I thirst no more. He gives me living water, and I thirst no more. He gives me living water, and I thirst no more. Amen. 309. 309. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. Let's sing it out. 309. All four verses. I Hey! 
You think about this song, I will sing of my Redeemer. Really, this talking about, I'm going to sing, I'm going to tell other people about what Jesus Christ has done for me. And every summer, we really have a desire to reach our community and reach as many of the other communities around us as we possibly can. One of the things, and what we're going to do this summer, is we actually ordered custom John and Romans, and you have one right here. We just got them in today, and thank, thank to Daryl for uh, putting this one together for us. But we are going to actually be able to put these together during a Bible assembly every last Tuesday of the month. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can come and be a part of that and put these together. But then we can go, we're going to put these on every door in our town. Amen. And we're going to try to put them on every door in, in the, all the towns around us as well. Because, we listen, we want, we want everyone to have the gospel. We want to sing of our Redeemer to everyone around us. And so as many as we have, we're going to give out. And you know how many we ordered? 15,000. That's a lot of people who get to hear the gospel. And praise the Lord for that. So be in prayer for this. Let's not just say, oh, the word of God returns void. We don't have to pray about it. No, let's spend time and bathe this in prayer. Prayer works. And when we fail, it's only because we failed to pray. So let's bathe these in prayer, even starting now. Our soul winning is going to start up in April. We've got a little bit of time before then to bathe these in prayer. Amen? Amen? Let's go ahead and sing the last verse. I will sing of my Redeemer in his heavenly love for me. From, he from death to life hath brought me. Amen. Son of God, with him to be. Let's sing it out. I will sing of my Redeemer. Go ahead and sing 349, 349, oh how he loves you and me.
This song really has a place in my heart. It was uh, my family started going to a Baptist church in Erie, Pennsylvania, when I was seven years old. And I remember in third grade, third, third and fourth grade, I had a Sunday school teacher called Mr. Fa- His name was Mr. Fowler. And I, I'll never forget we sang this song and also "Your Sins Are G O N E Gone" every single week. I didn't get saved until I was a little older. But at the same time, I can't say that this song didn't have an effect on me. And this song has a special... Can we sing? Can we sing this, this, this song again? Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. to Calvary did go, Jesus to Calvary did go, his love for sinners to show. for just a moment because uh, we're going to greet one another tonight. It's a Wednesday night and uh, it'd be good to take a few minutes and just tell one another it's good to see you. Uh, To borrow a phrase from David Wyrick, if it's appropriate, say I love you. Uh, If it's appropriate, hug their neck. Hey, it's always appropriate to say, hey, it's good to see you. I want to praise God for fill in the blank. But church, we're going to take a few minutes, orchestra and piano if you would. Play a little something, pick it out, it'll be a wonderful surprise. But church, (laughs) let's just take a few moments. Let's welcome one another to tonight's service.
Let's sing that chorus one more time as we find our way back to our seats. Oh, how we love you and Oh, how we love you and He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loved you. Oh, how he loved me. Oh, how he loved you and me. Amen. You may be seated. Boy, it's good to be in church, isn't it? It's good to be in church. A couple of announcements just briefly tonight. I want to remind everybody about this Sunday, a new members class starts. It's going to be meeting in the middle classroom uh, on this side of the hallway. I believe it's room 104, uh, but it's going to be taking place during our Sunday school hour at 9 a.m. And so those of you who uh, are interested in becoming members, those of you who are interested in learning more about Harvest, uh, those of you who want to give Frank Wiesner a hard time, uh, all of that, uh, uh, 9 a.m. Sunday morning there in room 104, the class will meet from, a, from four to six weeks, and uh, be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Hope you take part in that. Uh, remind you as well, for this coming Sunday morning, we are going to have a baptismal service. And so I have five signed up to follow the Lord and Believer's baptism this coming Sunday. Um, but uh, if you have uh, not, uh, in obedience to the Lord's command, given public testimony of your salvation by way of baptism, we got room for you. And so please come see me uh, after the service tonight and would love to have an opportunity to talk with you about it. Give me a call tomorrow or Friday. Friday, and uh, we, can, we can get that set up. A baptismal service during our morning service this coming Sunday, January the 22nd. I uh, wanted to remind everybody about uh, financial giving statements. Uh, those of you who signed up to get your 2022 giving statement, uh, you can see Brother Frank Wiesner after the service tonight. And uh, Brother Frank, where do you want them to meet you? Okay, back by the secretary's office, which is right over here to the right, and uh, he'll be sure to give you those. So if you signed up last week, uh, he'll have it for you tonight. If you signed up tonight, uh, see him this coming Sunday or next Wednesday, and uh, he'll have that available for you. Amen? Amen. Church, thank you for your faithfulness and giving to the things of God. And uh, as God continues to bless, church, let's just continue to be faithful. Amen. God's faithful. Let's be faithful as well. Brother Barry Halstead, if you would, would you stand right where you are and ask the Lord to be honored in tonight's tithes and all.
Amen. Thank you, musicians, uh, orchestra, and uh, our pianist for ministering tonight in music. It's good to see our young people taking part in music as well. And so good to see our young people using their talents for the Lord. Well, we're going to take some time tonight, and we're going to have uh, some prayer requests and some praises. And uh, I'm going to ask us tonight, uh, I like to kind of keep things different. And so I kind of had ulterior motives in having you greet one another tonight, okay? The ulterior motives were this, now you know one another, right? Now you know one another. So now in just a moment when I say I want us to kind of get up, find somebody to pray with, pray with them, find somebody else to pray with, pray with them, you know one another now, so, so it won't be a burden or imposition. So you've greeted one another, you've learned names, you, you've shared the good things of the Lord, and so uh, we're going to have a good time of uh, prayer together tonight. I uh, wanted to bring you a couple of uh, different uh, praises. Uh, first of all, uh, we've been praying for Mrs. Wolf for a little while. Praise the Lord. From what I understand, she is doing much, much better. And so we praise the Lord for that. I uh, had a great talk with uh, Pastor Mott today, and he is on the road to recovery. And so uh, he certainly seems to be uh, doing much better, got a ways to go, um, but the Lord is bringing him through this. Uh, there's another praise that uh, I don't want to share personally. I want to allow, yes. Can we get, where's the microphones at? All right. Yeah, you told me, so uh, I'm sorry. If you would, sis, share what God has done. Come on. Oh, she's making me stand up with her. There you go. I can do that. Yeah. Well, I just wanted the congregation to know that uh, Marion and I have been going into uh, the jail over in Fremont and uh, teaching about uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ to these ladies. And um, last Sunday morning, two ladies came to Christ. Amen. And, uh, hey, let's, let's praise the Lord for that. To God be the glory. Amen. And uh, I just can't express the joy. <laughs> Amen. She wants me to talk. I'm just thinking how I worked with the Good News Club for so long with children. Well, you know what? There's good news to give those who aren't children anymore. And Janet and I both have seen the hunger of these women and how they need Christ in their lives, number one. So it's been a joy, and Janet and I have hit it off marvelously well. I think the Lord put us together as he does things always when you least expect it. So I'm thankful to be used of him. Amen. It's such a blessing. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And so we had, we saw two ladies pray and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ this past week. And so how many of us are grateful God doesn't throw anybody away? And, uh, you know, he, he is able to save to the uttermost all who come. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, I have a couple of prayer requests that I'd like to give you tonight, and then uh, we will take a few minutes tonight and take some prayer requests from the floor. Uh, first of all, church, uh, Linda has asked that we pray for the family of her ex-father-in-law, Hayworth, right? Hayward, yeah, he passed away this morning, and so he's at, she's asked that we pray for the family. 
um, for God's grace there. He did know the Lord, um, and does know the Lord. I should always speak in the present tense for those who are saved. And so uh, he does know the Lord, and he knows the Lord now face to face. Church, if you would, let's continue to pray for Miss Mary Kay. Um, she did have those tests last week, and she's going to get uh, the results of the tests on her cancer diagnosis one week from today. And so we're just praying for, for God's grace um, in that uh, whole situation and for God's healing on her life. Uh, church, I ask if we would uh, to continue to pray for Miss Glinda Slaymaker as well. Uh, had an opportunity to talk with her today. She is home from the hospital, uh, but there's still some struggle there, uh, some real struggle. And so if we could pray for her uh, just for God's grace and God's, uh, God's healing touch. I told her, we've seen God work miracles in your life over and over and over again. And so uh, we just need to pray for her. I'll pray for Nicole and pray for the whole family if we could. And with that, we'll go ahead and see if there are any uh, prayer requests, praises, updates uh, from the congregation before we go uh, to prayer tonight. We'll start up here with Chuck. Well, if, you, if you would pray for me, um, I'm trying to get some hearing aids. I've had this ringing in my ears for 25 years nonstop, mm. and I've got to go to the doctor uh, I, it's next week so hopefully I can get something done and I can get this ringing in my ears relieved somewhat absolutely Chuck we'll and, and pray for Sandy that you know with her pain and this weather up and down yeah think of and pray for Miss Sandy often who else tonight Yes, ma'am. The red mic, if we could. Our daughter, Chelsea, she needs a, a miracle, and she needs a, a touch of God. And my sister and her grandbaby, they're not feeling well today. Mm. And then um, Dee Robinson, she needs a touch, too. Thank you. Randy. I'd like for the church to pray for Ronette and Kylie. They both have the flu and they're pretty sick right Ooh. now. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I got to praise that um, the lesion that was on my daughter was not cancerous. Amen. So that's a praise. But however, um, she's having other problems with the tumor she does have. And they're going to up her cancer treatment from once a month to three times a month. Mm. And also my brother-in-law um, has double pneumonia, and he's on dialysis, and he was put in the hospital, and he's now on a respirator. Oh. Well, we will certainly pray for him, continue to pray for Jessica as well, um, that the Lord would, would sustain her. 
Miss Lynn. I'd like to request prayer for my grandson, Chase. He's been in the military, in the Navy, for four years, and he's been deployed this month, hmm. and he's not allowed to say where he's going. So I just would like to have him bathed in prayer, please. Absolutely. He's on the Nimitz. Okay. George. Um, this past Saturday, I met a gentleman named Doug, um, and he was telling the group that he had two grown daughters who he had raised to know the Lord, but they had both gone astray. So he just wanted to ask for a prayer uh, that Doug's daughters would come back around and uh, start following after the Lord again. Miss Roberta. Um, my grandson, Seth, has strep throat oh. and not feeling well. And also a friend of mine is in, her name is Pat Maroquin. I know she knows the Belchers, but she's in Toledo Hospital and having some really major health issues. Hmm. And they can't keep her blood pressure where it needs to be. Hmm. Steve. Yeah, I want to... Uh, lift up the name, and I don't know their names. It was the two young people that were injured in our accident last week ago Thursday. Uh, we still don't know their condition or anything about that, so we just need to lift them up in prayer that they recover completely and that uh, God will give them strength to get through this. Amen. We got a microphone up to Larry. Larry Petrie. When we go to jail, we go to the main entrance and then through a foyer area and that sort of thing. Uh, since COVID, people are not allowed to actually have face-to-face -face contact with their friends, relatives, or whatever. So they have to do it by, I don't know the technical name, but some sort of a video phone thing that they can they come in and talk to the people that are back in the cell box. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes there's some around when we go in or often when we come out. I usually try to offer my church card radio card or something, one of the other. Very few refuse. Almost everybody accepts it. I won't say quite 100%, but awfully close. Yeah. And, uh, Sunday, I thought I was waiting for, for Steve and Lee, but apparently they left before I did. But anyway, <laughs> I've waited quite a while, really. I'd, so I started up a conversation with this guy. I'd give me a church radio card. He, he read them. Uh, seemed fairly open. Uh, so I started up a conversation with him. We talked probably half an hour. And, Amen. He was very open to listening to the radio. Uh, he can keep on doing whatever he's doing. He doesn't go to church, but he reads the Bible. So if you'll even listen to the radio, he'll get the basic message of the gospel, and he's even wide open to listen. Yeah. So I bragged in the church and the radio and you. Well, you know, if he listens to clean air for very long, he'll get the gospel over and over again. So let's pray for, for him and for those who... You know, church, our job is to sow the seed. Our job is to get out there and sow the seed, sow the seed, sow the seed. And we know that some will fall by the wayside. We know that some will fall upon stony ground and others upon thorny ground. That's, that's not our job. 
Our job is to sow the seed. Some plant, some water, God gives the increase. And so church, praise the Lord. Let's continue to pray um, uh, for those who, who get to hear the good news. So thank you, Larry, for that testimony and that request. Anybody else tonight? All right, here's what I'm going to ask of us tonight. It is a little bit different. We've done some things like this before, so it won't be foreign to all of us. I'm going to ask that uh, we take some time and we pray with one another tonight. So church, we've got some requests, and so these requests, we need to pray for these requests, and we should. Uh, But church, more than just praying down the list, I want us to pray with one another. Because how many of us have something in our lives that we could pray for or use some prayer for? How many of us? Let's see a show of hands tonight. How many of us have something in our lives that we could pray for and need prayer for? That's all of us, right? And so just because we didn't raise our hand and say it into a microphone doesn't mean that we don't need prayer. And so I'm going to ask the guys in the sound room in just a moment to put a little bit of music on. And then I'm going to ask us to, to stand, to find somebody. Now, if you're comfortable, this is what I always encourage you. This is if you're comfortable. And maybe you find somebody that's not necessarily blood-related to you. Because I figure you can pray with them just about any time. We find somebody tonight, and we pray. I'll pray for you, and you pray for me. And then when we're done praying with each other, I'm going to turn around, and you're going to turn around, and we're going to find somebody else. And I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to pray for me. And church... It'll help us as we seek to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hey, we have a God that hears and answers prayer. Amen. Amen. So let's do some praying. Uh, I invite our sound room, if they would, to put a little bit of music on in the background. Church, those of you who are able and willing, I invite you to stand. Go ahead at this time and stand. Uh, Go ahead, look up, make that awkward eye contact with somebody. Find somebody and let's pray with one another.
Lord, how good it is to hear the prayers of your people. Lord, I thank you for the privilege that we have had tonight to come together and to lay these cares at the throne of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the precious promises that we have, that we can have confidence that when we ask anything according to your will that you hear us, that you invite us to ask, to seek, and to knock, because those that ask, seek, and knock, they, they find and they receive and the door is opened. And so, Lord, tonight, even as we have heard requests, and Lord, even tonight as we have taken time to pray with one another, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just let it end tonight, but that, Father, we continue to pray for and love one another, knowing that... Uh, knowing that you love us. Father, thank you for this time we've had. Be with the preaching to come. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Church, thank you for praying tonight. We'll give a moment for everybody to return to their seats. Uh, and as they do, uh, I'd like to introduce our speaker for the night, really a gentleman who needs no introduction around here. Uh, we love this man. Uh, and he is a blessing to this church and to this community. And so, Brother Belcher, if you would, would you come and preach what the Lord has laid on your heart tonight? Amen, amen, amen. And thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to uh, be here tonight and to stand before you and to uh, bring God's word. And I trust that what we are going to be looking at is going to be a blessing and an encouragement uh, to us all. And uh, so let's start out by turning to the book of Romans, uh, book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 4. I've been reading a lot in the book of Romans lately, and uh, the main reason for that is because, of course, our small group session, which we call ourselves the, the Pathfinders, uh, especially geared for those that are 50 and wiser, and uh, we, uh, we, we're just starting a, a study in the, on the book of Romans. And, uh, and those of you who feel that you might fit with us, uh, you know, you certainly are more than welcome to be part of that. So, uh, but Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4 and uh, verse number 1, and we're just going to read just a few verses, and it's going to introduce to us a thought that I'm then going to divert over to the book of Psalms, Psalm 16. Uh, but uh, right now we're going to start here with Romans chapter 4 and verse number 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaineth, uh, t pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. I think most of us understand this, that our salvation is not based on what we do, uh, what we try to be. Our salvation is based upon faith. 
faith in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That Jesus went to the cross not as a victim of, uh, of uh, intrigue or jealousy or, or what have you. He went to the cross for you and for me. He went to the cross and died for us, died for our sins. Uh, that that the, the atonement could be made so that we could have heaven as our home and know the complete forgiveness of sins. And, uh, and so then going, continuing on there in Romans, uh, in verse number 6. Notice that it says, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. The title of my message tonight is, uh, Who Do You Trust? Who do you trust? Uh, you know, there in verse number six, an unusual word is used, blessedness. Now, let's face it, that's not a very common word. Matter of fact, I don't think I've used it in my conversation uh, recently. Uh, I can't imagine going up to somebody and saying, uh, how is your blessedness doing? You know, I mean, it's just, just not one of those things. And, uh, but there is a meaning to it. We all, we all, I think, know that the word blessed in the scriptures has the idea of happiness. And as the scripture uses the word blessedness, it has this idea, and that is a state of supreme happiness, of supreme happiness. Now, you know, the word of God says a lot about being blessed. And uh, as a matter of fact, the scripture speaks very often about joy, having the joy of the Lord. And I, and I like that that chorus that we sang tonight about the joy of the Lord. And so we know that as a good Christian, we should be happy. I hope you're happy tonight. We should be happy, 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 right? Uh, but then, you know, folks, to be honest about it, how often do we really show that happiness? I mean, deep down inside, uh, are we truly happy? I mean, hey, let's face it. Uh, let's, let's ask ourselves this question. Are you happy that you're saved? Are you happy? Are you happy about that? Uh, I, I mean, are you happy that you, I mean, do you find yourself happy as a Christian? Well, sure we do. Sure we do. But you know what? What if we could do one of those blind surveys, you know, where nobody knows anybody's name or what have you and you know a scale of one to ten just how happy are you how much of your happiness is based on happenings uh, instead of based upon heaven's promises you know Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10 says something about joy the word of God says there that the joy of the Lord is my strength you know, and all of us would testify that as Christians, we know that we should be happy. We know that we should be happy. But how often, I mean, if we were honest about things, we're faking it. We're faking it. Not real to us. It's not real. We know we're expe it's expected of us. We know that we should be and, uh, and so we put on a front and we know how to sing and we know how to do this and we know how to do this. But the honest to goodness truth, we are not anywhere near as happy as we 
try to portray that we are. Oh, I tell you, the scripture tells us, Psalm 16 and verse number 11, which we'll turn there now. Psalm 16 and verse number 11. And, uh, and let's look and let's, let's just see what the word of God says there. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Oh, you know, even just a casual reading of the Psalms and of the uh, Proverbs demonstrates the obvious, obvious presence of joy as a Christian that we should have. Uh, You know, Psalm 48 and verse number 2 says this, Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. What about that blessedness that we read about there in the book of Romans? Do we live that way? Do we really experience that state of supreme happiness or is our happiness folks just uh think about pie in the sky by and by oh no listen I hope that you have some happiness even now you know Oliver Cromwell was a tremendous English leader in the early 1600s. And he sent an assistant to the continent on some important business. And they stayed in a seaport town. And, and, but that night, his assistant could not get any sleep. He tossed and he turned for hour after hour. And, and the secretary who went along with him uh, was also in the room and, and, it, and it woke him up. And he asked, he asked him, said, well, just what is wrong? Why is it that you can't sleep? And uh, Oliver Cromwell's assistant said that he was worried. He was worried about how he was going to really do uh, with this uh, on the morrow. And, uh, and so the secretary then asked him, he said, I want to ask you a question. Did God rule the world before you were born? And of course, the answer was, uh, well, yes, of course. He said then, after we are dead and gone, will God continue to rule the world? And he said, well, yes, certainly, certainly he will. And so he said to him, well, then if God rules the world before you were born, if he's going to rule the world after we're gone, why can't you trust him to Why can't you trust him that God is going to rule the world right now while we are living? Oh, listen, folks, trust is important. Who do you put your trust in? What do you trust? You know, trust can be a very valuable thing. And, uh, you know, if you lose trust in a person or in a situation or in a circumstance or in something, it's pretty hard to get it back. Uh, maybe you've known somebody that you thought that you could trust. You thought that they were honest. You thought that they were truthful. But then you caught them in a lie. Uh, you know, were you able to trust that person again? Pretty tough to do that, isn't it? Very tough to do that. But you know what? Being a born-again child of God, we know that we can look to the Lord and he can help us. You know, everything belongs to God. 
Everything belongs to God. I mean, in the book of Genesis, we read that God created the heavens and the earth, the plants, and just everything. Uh, and then in Psalm 24, 1, the scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Then verse 20 goes on to say, For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Everything belongs to God. Our very lives, our very bodies, everything that we are, everything that we have, all belongs to God. Well, in, in Psalm 16, and in verse number 1, and we'll read the chapter, just 11 verses here. Look what it says in verse 1 of, of Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. And that is, our goodness doesn't even come close to the goodness of God itself. And then he says, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord." Who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad. And my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore oh listen folks uh, we can put our trust in the Lord you know how important that is you know how important that is being a born again child of God this is a truth folks that we just need to have just fixed in our own hearts that true Bible Christianity is, is not the result of some ceremony somewhere not just some type of adherence to a set of rules or a, a certain look or a feeling or a, some doctrine but it's about it's about a relationship it's about a relationship, relationships that are built on communication, a real companionship in which you can talk about anything and everything to someone that you trust. And this companionship is always there and always will be there at any place, any time, and for whatever the need is. That's the kind of trust that we can have in the Lord where we can just depend upon him for everything. Oh, listen, 
being a born-again child of God is part of a, of a relationship, a companionship, that nothing is more personal than that which we can have with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, Psalm 16 here, it was a time in David's life, a time of great trial, time of great testing he was on the run and having to hide and and uh, and it was very critical it was a very difficult difficult time and uh, and yet he knew who to put his trust in uh, he said I put my trust I place my trust in thee in thee O Lord I put my trust and so tonight the challenge is this very personal thing that you have. All of us have a trust in something. Maybe you are trusting your intelligence. Maybe you're, you have your trust in uh, an education. Maybe you have a trust in your finances. Or, or maybe it's in uh, who you are related to or who it is that you know. But you know... All other relationships uh, will fail you at one time or another. But oh, if we have our trust in the Lord himself, it is a trust that will not fail. And so I trust that we have this truth firmly fixed in our hearts. That as a child of God, we have this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can play, place all of our trust in the Lord himself. You say, well, preacher, how do you put your trust in the Lord? Well, the first thing, first thing I want to show you tonight, point one, and that is trust him personally. Trust him personally. Let's look at verses one and two again here in Psalm 16. That is so instructive about this, folks. Uh, uh, look what it says. It says, preserve me. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. I mean, trust him personally. Preserve me, O God. Thou art my Lord. Let me tell you something about your faith. Your faith is a very personal thing. The relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, nothing, there's nothing more personal than that. And you know what? This truth has been so stamped upon my own heart, especially in these last few years. You know, I remember when I first went to the ministry 50-some years ago that it was a common thing when you were talking to somebody about their soul, you would ask something like this, and that is, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And you know, we used to hear that a lot. And it got to the point where comedians the scoffers and the scorners started to use that and, and make it part of a joke or something of ridicule. But rest assured, that is the core of being a Christian. And that is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ personally? Has there been that time in your life 
that time in your life when you have established that relationship between you and the Lord. Not the result of some ceremony, not the result of doing something in churchy, not just simply because you go to church somewhere, not because you act like other Christians act or talk like other Christians act, but you yourself, you've had that confrontation, you have had that meeting, you have had that time, you and the Lord, in which you've had a very significant conversation a conversation in which you agreed with him. God, your word says I've sinned. God, your word says that I am a sinner. Your word says that because of my sin, I cannot go to heaven. Because of my sin, I am unrighteous. Because of my sin, uh, I am lost. But your word also says that if I cast my faith Put my faith and trust in what you did on the cross, Lord Jesus. When you went to the cross and you hung on that cross and you shed your blood and you died upon that cross and you did that for me. Oh, that's when it becomes real personal. Real personal. Uh, you and the Lord. And so, oh yes, this is the core of being a Christian. Establish that personal connection. And don't ever get away from that sense that as a Christian, you have a personal relationship with him. And how do you trust him personally? Uh, by uh, trusting him, realizing it is you and the Lord. You know something? Remember the story of Adam and Eve? Uh, in the book of Genesis, real story, real people. And uh, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, you know what they immediately tried to do? If you know the story, it's pretty clear. They tried to distance themselves from that personal relationship, that personal acquaintance, that personal knowledge of one another. And so what did they do? They went and tried to hide themselves. They went and tried to hide themselves in the woods uh, and, and away to be able to hide themselves away from the presence of God. And, and of course, uh, what happened was that they were not successful. God came looking for them. And, uh, and, and so, uh, but today, we don't try to hide in a garden away from God. We try to hide in another way. We tried to hide, get lost in the crowd. We like to hide behind other people. We like to hide from God, thinking that, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not as bad as this person. I'm not as bad as that person. I mean, I'm better than her. I'm better than him. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And so, uh, but we still do try to do the same thing. And that is we want to hide from that personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, that, that word trust, such a significant word. The New Testament word for trust has the idea of being convinced by an argument uh, or by an analogy. Uh, means by a contrast or something that is similar. Uh, by argument, uh, basically it means this, folks, and that is, you know something? We ought to be able to figure this out. 
We ought to be able to figure this out, that we can trust the Lord, that we can depend upon him. I mean, if we just look at what God is, who God is, all that God is able to do. I mean, remember Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which is your reasonable service. In other words, folks, it's pretty clear. God is one that you can trust. Make it personal. Make it personal. How do you trust the Lord? Well, make this a personal thing. And remember, uh, he is not only one that you can know personally, but he is your ruler. He is your king. He is God himself. You know, philosophers and educators and uh, politicians and business leaders, leaders of uh, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, they always like to think in terms of the multitudes. Uh, Their emphasis is always on the group. Individuals, this one or that one, may suffer or lose out. But overall, they, they, but only the Lord is able to give complete attention to you and 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 to me. God can give us that personal personal attention that we need. That's how we can trust him personally, by remembering that he is our creator. He is the one who has made us, that you are one of a kind, that God has uniquely made you. Yes, he's made all those stars and all those galaxies and all those planets and all the cosmic dust that is floating around somewhere in the universe. He's made all the nations and all the plant life and all the creatures on this planet. He has made all the bodies of water That is all of the oceans, the rivers, the streams, the ponds, and every last drop of water. And uh, he has made you and made me uh, distinctly and specifically by his almighty power and love. You are not just a number to the Lord, but you are one of his creations. He's made us. And if we remember that he has made us, oh, we can put our trust in a God like that. We can trust him personally as one who is our ruler. Uh, we can trust him personally. He can, we can trust him as our savior. He is your savior. He is your own personal individual savior. I've heard this so many times, and it's true. That if you were the only person that was lost, the only person that needed salvation, Jesus Christ in his great love would have come just for you. Uh, You know, that's how we can learn to trust him. Remember that how much he wants to save you. You know, one of the most remarkable resources uh, for our country is the Library of Congress. And I read that if you were to put the bookshelves alone, just the bookshelves alone, one after another, after another, after another, after another, that are there in the Library of Congress, that bookshelf would be over 900 miles long. That's a lot of books. 
That's a lot of books. And you know, that's not counting all of the papers. That's not counting all of the photographs, all of the different objects and, uh, and, and what have you and so on. But you know, the message of the gospel the message of the gospel is not just some dusty old document somewhere tucked away behind some wall or behind some vault. No, the message of the gospel, beloved, is not something like that, but it is as it is an autographed letter written directly to you and to me from a loving and a compassionate and a forgiven, giving heavenly father. It's as if that there was a message delivered to your front door with your name and address on it. Uh, so uh, that is the kind of God that you can trust who communicates directly, directly, directly to you. And it's my prayer tonight. It's my desire tonight that you have a personal relationship. You have a personal trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can trust the Lord personally. That's how you can put that trust in him. There's another way. There's another way in which you can trust the Lord. And again, we're here in Psalm 16. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2 again. And then we're also going to look at verse 5 and 6. And that is you can trust the Lord not only personally, but you can trust the Lord absolutely. That means, folks, you can trust him completely, thoroughly, all the Wait, uh, look at verse 1 and 2 again. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. And then verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. Inheritance, uh, that which you would receive. And of my cup thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Notice the, the personal nature of this trust here that we can certainly indeed trust him absolutely. Trust in the Lord. Trust in God only. Thou art my Lord. God is our sovereign Lord. You are Lord. You are supreme. And the Lord has got all the rights to all that I am and all that I have. We're just stewards. We're just stewards of everything that the Lord has for us. Uh, uh, look at verse number four. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names unto my lips. You know what David's talking about there? He's talking about all the false gods. He's talking about all the idols that are out there that surround, that surround the, uh, the world in which he lived at that time. He says, I am not going to have anything to do with them. I don't need them. I don't want them. They're not going to be a part of me. You know, I've, I have found many Christians over the years that attempt to worship the Lord. They say, yes, I'm a Christian. 
I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But then for one reason or another, they have a hard time leaving behind a false god. And, you know, I've never known any that struggled with that, that were really, that really lived the life of a victorious Christian. Because it seemed like for one reason or another, that false god, some idol, some kind of religion or something that they grew up with, just seems to always kind of just have a, have a hold on them and holds them back. Sometimes I've noticed that it would just be because the way that they were brought up, the way that they grew up. Sometimes it's a cultural thing and, and they just have trouble just giving that up. Oh, instead of just trusting the Lord and depending upon him and him alone. You don't need anything else. There's no reason why you should try to include some other type of religion as part of true Bible Christianity. Uh, but we can trust the Lord. We can trust him absolutely. Him and him alone is who we need for salvation. Oh, trust in God for all things. Trust in the Lord in every way. Uh, David says here uh, that he has all that he could ever hope for. Uh, he says the, the Lord is the portion, verse number five, the Lord is mine inheritance and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. He's saying everything that is that I can have, everything that I need is from the Lord himself. He has this divine inheritance. We have God himself. When we have the Lord, we possess the divine possessor himself. We have it all, folks. Have it all. And anything that we have from our own works, our own striving, our own whatever, so easily is stolen. So easily is lost, but that which the Lord gives us and the Lord has is never lost. It is never stolen. God always has it. That's why he can say in verse number eight, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Oh, what a security we have. What a security we have of understanding and having this kind of trust, trust in the Lord. Oh, the Lord has for us that which is joy-filled, a goodly heritage, just what David wanted. You know, the world seeks so much, but they seek the wrong things. They, they, they seek for treasures that fade away. They seek for things that uh, can just fly away, fly away in a moment. But when we put our trust in the Lord, we have a treasure that does not fade away. It is a satisfying treasure. What the Lord gives us is 
permanent. Uh, look in verse number 9. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Uh, he knows that the Lord is going to see him through everything. So how can we trust the Lord tonight? We can trust the Lord personally. We can trust the Lord absolutely. And then finally tonight, we can trust the Lord habitually. In other words, just make it the pattern of our lives that we're just going to trust the Lord. We're going to look to him. We're going to depend upon him. We're going to count upon him that whatever it is that comes our way, we're going to trust the Lord. Tonight, whatever happens, we're going to trust the Lord. At three o'clock in the morning, when the worst kind of thing can happen, we'll trust the Lord. Tomorrow morning when we get up and we get that piece of mail that wrecks our tranquility, or we get a phone call or something happens, trust the Lord. Next week, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Just, you know what? Just live your life as a Christian, trusting the Lord, counting on him, depending upon him, looking to him. Because here in this passage of scripture, we see not only the one who trusts in the Lord for the here and now, but of those who have trusted him in the past in the now and in the future, and it will become a trust that becomes a habitual experience for us. Wouldn't you like to be known for that? Wouldn't you like to know that you can count on that? That well, but when you graduate from high school, you can trust the Lord. Uh, when you enter into a marriage, you can trust the Lord. When, when you look for your first job, you can trust the Lord. When you start to have a family, you can trust the Lord. As you're, you get older and you can't do things as fast as you used to, or the memory is just not there, you know, you can trust the Lord. Just trust the Lord. Just keep trusting the Lord. And you know, God will honor faith in the hour of danger and uh, in, in the hour of trouble. Just continue to trust the Lord. The Lord knows the end from the beginning, folks. We can trust him. We can trust him. You know, a good number of years ago, missionaries were ministering in Jamaica. And it was very dangerous at that time. There was a civil war taking place in Jamaica. And, and some of the friends of the missionaries, they advised, because of the danger, to take along some firearms for protection. And one of the missionaries agreed to that and started to head out and uh, go down the way and with, uh, with the firearm and he didn't go very far, and, and the Lord just spoke to him. He said, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. I just can't do this. And he turned around. He turned around, and he went back to his friends and said, I appreciate the thought. I appreciate your concern, but I, I just can't do this. And he gave the firearms back. He said, I know you meant well, but I'm just not comfortable with them. 
And he returned and went back on his journey. He didn't go very far. He was stopped by a band of rebels. They stopped his horse. And one of them said, oh, we can let him go. He's a missionary. He won't hurt anybody. Someone else said, no, he's not a missionary. He's a government spy. And they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then one of them said this, if he is a government spy, he will have firearms on him. And if he is a missionary, he will not have any firearms on him. And of course, they searched him and found no firearms. Matter of fact, they went and helped him to get to his destination safely. You know, folks, sometimes, even as Christians, we do so much about preparation. Nothing wrong with good preparation. But sometimes I think we have a tendency to overdo it. It's kind of like... Sometimes we have so much tact about things that we have no attack at all. And, uh, and you know, we just know, need to know that we can trust the Lord. And if we get into the habit of trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord, it just gets easier and easier and easier. And you know what? It's just a good thing to know that when bad news does come, well, we'll trust the Lord. When we see something that doesn't go our way, we'll trust the Lord. We'll trust the Lord. We'll trust the Lord. Because God will honor faith in the hour of trial. And if there is anything that I've learned from our culture, it's how miserable, miserably our culture fails us. I, you know, I pity the individual who thinks that Washington has got all the answers. You know, Dr. Livingston, the famous missionary of Africa, he told some folks about the mopain tree. He said, in the bright morning sunshine, he says, the mopain tree, and I checked this up and still is true. The leaves spread out uh, parallel to the ground, nice and wide and, and offers just really wonderful shade, wonderful shade. But he said, but as soon as the sun starts to come up, and the heat of the day starts to bear down on the mopane tree. He says those leaves just all turn and all point down to the ground. He said it looked, they looked so good in the morning for shade and for comfort. But he said when it really is bad time of the day, he says they have virtually no shade and no comfort. And you know, so much of the world is like that. I mean, worldly shelters and helpers promise so much, but deliver so little. The world promises health and happiness, fame and fortune. But the psalmist here says, the Lord is going to be my hiding place. Because in verses 9 to 11, David even looks to the day of his death. And he says, I know that God will honor the faith and I will count on the trust in the Lord for that. Therefore, he says in verse 9, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. 
In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Came across a little story about a little fellow. Learned a new song for him in Sunday school. And uh, he came home and, and mom and dad heard him singing this song. And they said, where'd you learn this song? He said, I learned it in Sunday school. And uh, he said, uh, want me to sing it? And they said, yes. And he said, and he started to sing, trust and okay. <laughs> and I said, well, we don't think that's quite right. We think it's probably trust and obey. But you know something, folks? The honest to goodness truth is we trust the Lord. It will be okay. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how we thank you and praise you tonight. Lord, we've got such a great God to put our trust in. And that, Lord, we can trust you, Father, for our very soul, for our eternity, for our peace of heart and of mind and of spirit, even now. Lord, help us to trust you personally, that we all know individually and on an intimate, personal level of what it's like to trust you. Lord Jesus, help us to know that we can trust you absolutely, that you will never fail us. Lord, that you will always be there. You will never leave us nor forsake us. And Lord, help us to live our lives in a pattern and a habit, Lord, of constant trusting you. Just trust you, Lord, about everything. Trust you all the time. Trust you, Lord Jesus, more than anything else. And we will give Jesus all the praise. Amen. Preacher. I invite you tonight to stand together with me, heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's take some time tonight and respond to God's word and to God's spirit as he's spoken to us. Hey, he's worthy of our trust. Amen. What do you need to put in his trust tonight? As God has spoken to you, would you respond?
if you know the chorus, would you sing it with me? Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. Preacher, thank you for the faithful message tonight. Appreciate that. Church, it's been good to be in the house of God. Amen. Hey, let's remember that as we leave tonight, we leave, and it's our job to take God's light to this world. Father, thank you for the time we've had. Lord, bless us, I pray. Help us to remember what we've heard. Use us, I pray, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.